G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It's time to turn our attention towards the fall of Afghanistan. Joining us on the line today is Murray Noble from Open Doors. After Afghanistan was plunged into turmoil when the Taliban regained control with catastrophic force, there's been many Christian organisations supporting the fledgling church of Afghanistan. They've been working overtime, supporting the remaining believers and rescuing those who have come under direct threat from the Taliban. It's impossible to live openly as a Christian in Afghanistan. Leaving Islam is considered shameful, and Christian converts are forced to flee the country or be killed. We're back today with Open Doors, working with the persecuted church throughout the world. Open Doors have produced the annual World Watch List of the worst persecutors of Christians. And Afghanistan was already at number two before falling to the brutal Taliban. Murray Noble from Open Doors is joining us from Lockdown Central in Sydney today. How you doing, mate? I'm doing well, Matt. It's so great to be with you. It's good to have you with us, Murray. And uh, we are praying for our brothers and sisters in New South Wales and Victoria in lockdown right now. You're in uh, in Epping, hey? Is that, is that one of the uh, LGAs that's got some tight restrictions, is it? It is. We're starting to see a few of them ease at the moment, but we're still holding our breath for that 70% where we can get out and about, and even the 80% where we can head back to church again. Well, it is uh, really good for you to... Uh, uh, th- you know, we're grateful that you're joining with us today, uh, and uh, we are praying for everyone in lockdown right now. Uh, Brisbane has just avoided a lockdown, uh, thankfully. that There was a press conference uh, in the last half hour saying there's only one new local case. Uh, and uh, so it looks like they're uh, staying open, particularly because we've got the football grand final, uh, the Rugby League grand final on Sunday. So hopefully it'll be a good week for us. Oh, only one case. I would absolutely take that. And we've got to keep <laughs> it open for the footy, right? Grand final weekend. Can't be cancelling that. <laughs> That's right, mate. Are you a Rabbitohs or a Panthers supporter, just quietly? Oh, look, as long as the storm didn't make it, <laughs> I was a pretty happy chap. So <laughs> not too fast anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a double header from Sydney, isn't it? So, uh, well, yeah, it's, yeah. All the best for those uh, those Sydney listeners today. Uh, now, mate, um, turning our attention towards uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan. I mean, we've seen some brutal images of the Taliban on our TV screens and and on, on our uh, devices over the years. Um, there really has been a big shift with the Taliban taking complete control of Afghanistan. Is it still? as chaotic as what we first saw in the media uh, when they first took over, when the power fell to the Taliban? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the situation is still very chaotic and there's still just so many things happening in the country. Uh, we do know the Taliban, they're trying to establish their government at the moment and that is still trying to happen. And, well, well, some things seem pretty secure, like uh, there's lockdown checkpoints and, and governors seem to be getting installed. Uh, there's definitely some more complicated things that, that the Taliban is still trying to figure out, which is causing more chaos in the country. Things uh, like the airport and, and how that control is going to look. Um, and they've also asked for the, the 
Turkish government to supply a crew to control the airport on their own behalf. So there's still a lot of turmoil happening, even just from a governing standpoint, without even looking into the persecution, which is which is absolutely happening under the surface as well. Well, it's been heartbreaking to uh, hear some of the stories of people that are trapped uh, in Afghanistan right now. Who is the most vulnerable to persecution in Afghanistan? Well, we definitely see that women and children are some of the most vulnerable, and that, that, that's a worldwide fact of persecution uh, most of the time. And, and something that's pretty unique to this uh, Afghani crisis is that as, as many bad things are happening, it's actually different from region to region or village to village, really depending on the local commander and what he decides. Uh, so in, in some situations, we, we have already seen some women being kidnapped and being taken from their homes or even being forced into marriages. Um, and we don't have exact numbers on that kind of thing, but, but women are definitely feeling pressure from this, this new resurgence of the Taliban, being, being forced to wear and buy burqas, uh, especially in the big cities and, and even throughout some of the rural areas as well. It's in some ways like the Taliban never left 20 years ago. Well, it's been fascinating to see some of the images on TV previously, uh, but we haven't seen much lately, have we? Uh, you know, the, the, Afghan, the, the Taliban originally said that they were going to be, you know, Taliban 2.0, they were going to be a newer version and they've uh, modernised a little bit. Uh, do you think that was maybe just a bit of rhetoric? Well, it's hard to posit on that kind of thing. The thing we do know uh, is that there are still brutal uh, persecution moments happening uh, in in Afghanistan. And so, uh, well, whatever has been said or hasn't been said uh, to the media publicly, um, Christians are still in danger in Afghanistan. Um, and, and, And like I said, for some people, it's as though they never left 20 years ago. So, I don't know about Taliban 2.0, but, but there definitely is a sense uh, that this is, is not going to be that different for people who follow the Christian faith than it was 20 years ago. And I know this is a sensitive topic, and you'll have to obviously answer it uh, as diplomatically as you can, but I have heard that, you know, I mean, the, the Taliban were saying things in the media that they were going to be a, a bit more moderate than they used to be, for example. Um, but there is some uh, understanding that in the... Muslim religion, uh, you can you, you don't have to tell the truth if it's going to further the cause of Islam. Um, what's your understanding of that uh, philosophy? Well, I I think the the understanding is right now the Taliban will do and will will say what they need to do uh, to to control the, the country as they can. Um, and so I think it, we, we definitely need to, in some respect, look through through that lens as as we hear anything from from what is being said or. or what they're saying their new methodologies or their, their new ideals and modern ideals might be is that there's definitely a goal that they're seeking to accomplish and, and they'll say or do whatever they need to do to do that. Mm. Um, and that, that does unfortunately mean for Christians, there is a lot of danger because the, the goal of, of the Taliban, it, it definitely appears in Afghanistan is to in, enforce Islam and enforce Sharia law. Uh, and there, there isn't room for the Christian faith in, in those goals. And mm. so whatever may be said or whatever action may be taken, we definitely need to understand that there's, there's a goal that they have and that goal does involve there being no Christians left in the country. Mm. Well, it's, it's a heartbreaking uh, scene uh, when, you, when you see some of the pictures coming out. It's been interesting too. I, I spoke to a uh, former 
uh, Aussie uh, Defence Force uh, soldier who was over there many years ago, um, he said, his, I asked him, mate, you, you were over there. Tell me, what are your biggest concerns? And he said, certainly for the women and the children. He said, but another thing is that one of the, one of the things that's happened recently is that Wi-Fi was available everywhere. He said his understanding is that the Taliban are going to limit Wi-Fi, which means people won't be able to communicate with the outside world, um, which is going to limit the information that we'll be able to receive in the West. Um, do you think that's going to be a big issue uh, in in the future as well? I think there's, there's definitely a, a problem of, of hearing true information. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean as, you, as you said in, in the introduction, Afghanistan is... The, or has been the second worst place to be a Christian, only topped by North Korea. But it's it's really important to note that Afghanistan's only been behind North Korea by 0.5. It's out of 100, our scoring system, 0.5 has Afghanistan been behind North Korea. And we think of North Korea as a closed-off country, a dictatorship where people can't get any information out, uh, there's nowhere to get aid in, and, and kind of the propaganda and media is all focused around whatever the government says it wants to be. Now, you take that framework and put it into Afghanistan. That's definitely what, what we're expecting to see because, again, this is a highly persecuted country when it comes to Christians. And a lot of that is violent, but a lot of that can also just be the oppressive nature of lack of free press, lack of ability to tell the story, uh, or just the lack of ability to have an opinion that is at all different to the government. So I think that's definitely a fear. Similar to North Korea has that deep hold on what is portrayed out of the country and what media takes place, Afghanistan definitely could be facing a similar thing in the years to come. Mm. And I've heard a few stories of uh, believers, you know, being uh, jetted out of Afghanistan. Uh, have you, is there any of those that you, you can share with us today? I, I can't share any stories with you about, about that topic, but we did have a story come through from two Christians who are still in the country. They only came through yesterday. Um, but we, yeah, we do have a, a, a story of, Look, there is some hope in it, but there is also just a, a big need for prayer as well as they're asking. So if we've got some time, I, I would love to share uh, the story of Saad and Fatima with you because that has come through and that's one that we can share. Sure. Um, and, and I think it would be really, really helpful people to hear. So, um, and Saad and Fatima have been, have been Christian believers. Their families have been Christians for more than 40 years in Afghanistan. So they've lived through 20 years of Taliban rule and then 20 years of non-Taliban rule. Now the Taliban are back. And so that they're very used to living their Christian faith in the shadows. They're used to the dangers of living for Jesus. And, and now they're just pleading. Their plea is, if you love me, if you love Jesus, please pray for us. That's their plea mm. right now. Um, and so Fatima was able to recount, or Saad was able to recount for us that uh, when the Taliban took control, it was everything that they feared. Everything. So you think about what we hear in the media and what we consider might be happening Fassad, who had experienced Taliban before, the retakeover was everything that he feared. And he says, you can't understand like I do because I've experienced it. When, when they took control, it felt like someone had stepped into my memories to try and snuff them out and speak fear to me. I mean, that's just something, I don't know if we can completely comprehend how hard this has been for them. Because imagine this, that the same night the Taliban took control, his wife gave birth to a baby girl. Just wow. imagine the the what would be going through his head. Yeah. What I mean, having a baby most times is a joyous occasion for people. It's a family. It's new life. But his baby daughter has just been born into the Taliban takeover. A wow. baby girl in a Christian family. Wow. 
And all, all he could say was, we're really afraid. We are just so afraid about this. Mm. Um, and then his, his wife, Fatima, has reflected that the soldiers aren't even committed to human dignity. Their mm. eyes are just looking for power. They're just all about power. And, and it isn't about humans supporting humans or, or trying to look after humans. It's all about power. Um, and in fact, they go on to tell us that a list has been circulated with, with their names on it. And it's a list of Christians to be targeted by the Taliban. There's a list with their name on it that uh. says these people are Christian. Mm. And so Taliban are going around to houses, visiting houses, trying to find people. And they even say, I mean, they're, they're talking about their own church, like their church and the community of believers. They've said this. Some of us have been killed. Some have been kidnapped and some have disappeared. It feels like the morning after a massive cataclysmic explosion. Mm. That's the church for Christians in Afghanistan right now. Mm. Certainly puts things into perspective. You know, when you hear uh, people in Australia saying, oh, we're persecuted, oh, we're doing it tough here. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's a whole other world, isn't it? it it's, it's absolutely a whole other world, and yet we share the same faith and have the same God, and it's just, it's just the need for prayer is so high right now. Mm. We've been talking about the fall of Afghanistan and the persecuted church in that nation, how we can pray for them, how we can support them. And if you've got any questions about Afghanistan, give us a call, 1-800-316-316. Phone lines are open. And we've got a caller from Victoria. Have you got a question or a comment for Murray? Uh, I just want to know that if we send money to Afghanistan, that it's going to get to the Christians. What security is it to know that the money gets there and is not filtered off to the Taliban or taken? Over to you, Murray. I mean, that is such a good question um, because obviously when it comes to giving money, we want to make sure it's going where we think it's going and, and it's not getting uh, interrupted or intercepted. Um, I think something we need to remember is in situations like this in emergencies, is there is a great risk if we rush into things, if, if we rush forward to try and send money or drive a bus in to pick people up, that kind of thing. Some things aren't, are just not going to work if we rush them. And so part of what, what we've done at Open Doors is for about two or three weeks, we didn't have a response. We didn't have an opportunity to give because we wanted to make a game plan of, of how we could help. Because the reality is this isn't a quick fix. It's not going to be over in a month. This is going to be a multi-year humanitarian problem. And it's going to be felt in the region, in neighboring countries for many years to come. So I can assure you, if you give to our, our crisis appeal we have going on right now, the money is going to go to the region. We've been helping Christians in the region for more than 40 years. So we have infrastructure in place to help people in the region. So if you do give to our crisis, I can assure you the money is going to people who we've been working with for many years who will be able to reach Christians in the region with their support. Good. Okay, that answers my question. Is a support backup um, to make sure the money gets to the people and not just filtered off? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, it's a wonderful question. It's so important that it reaches those, our brothers and sisters who need it. Yeah. So if we give to Open Doors and Open Doors get it to partners in Afghanistan and then it's filtered to the Christians. Yeah, Open Doors will get it to our partners in the region who will then be able to filter it to Christians who need it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Thanks for the good work you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. And if, if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. My guest on the line is Murray Noble from Open Doors. We're talking about the fall of Afghanistan and how to support the persecuted brothers and sisters there. Now, mate, um, we've got a few minutes to go before the news. I reckon we should have some prayer right now. 
Um, mate, just firstly, before we pray, what's your advice? What's the best way to pray for persecuted believers? We need to understand that there are brothers and sisters, and and that they're not to be prayed for as though they just need fixing and we got to fix the problem for them. Because persecution really is biblical. If we look at Acts, uh, we see Stephen getting stoned. We see the church being scattered. Persecution happens in the Bible, but it also happens in a way that allows the gospel to be spread. So even as persecution hits Christians, they're, they're spreading the gospel. The gospel is still thriving. Uh, and so instead of praying for persecuted believers, we want to pray with persecuted believers because you better believe they're praying for their situation as, as well. So as, as we sit down to pray, think about our brothers and sisters and, and pray that they would be strengthened in their faith, that they would be courageous in their faith. Don't pray that persecution will stop because the reality is persecution isn't going to stop. It's, it's, it's a mark of the gospel growing. So pray that they'll be strengthened, pray that they'll be bold, pray that they'll be courageous and pray that they'll endure through persecution and that God will work in that situation to bring more people to him. Awesome. I love uh, your heart for uh, standing with our brothers and sisters. Uh, if you want to call, uh, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. If you want to chat with Murray Noble from Open Doors, he's with us for the next uh, 30 minutes. Get on the get in the queue. Uh, a lot of people uh, often wait till the guest is about to finish up, but we need the calls early. So if, you're gonna, if you want to call, now's the time, 1-800-316-316. Uh, Murray, uh, would you just lead us in a, in a bit of prayer right now for Afghanistan? I'd love to do that. Let me let me pray for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are working in Afghanistan. We're thankful that you are there uh, and you are bringing light uh, in, in a situation that is just so dark in so many ways. Uh, this morning, we, we want to pray uh, for those who are living in secret, living and hiding in secret in Afghanistan, those whose names are on a list being circulated, uh, those who are needing to hide away. Uh, we pray for our brothers and sisters who the only connection and fellowship they have are phone calls to one another, where the only safe thing to ask about is, how's your health? How are you doing? Uh, we, we just pray that their faith will be strengthened, that they'll continue to endure. Uh, Lord, that you just be working amazing miracles in the country, Lord. And uh, we pray for those who are attempting to flee. Lord, the risk is so much higher than it's really ever been, so much higher than it was even three or four weeks ago. Lord, those who want to flee, often they're without passports, uh, and they're just facing so many risks. So we just pray that you'll be working miracles. You'll be making uh, blind eyes see, Lord, that you'll just be working through governments and through ministries and through individuals and just just helping any Christian that is attempting to flee to miraculously uh, escape the country, Lord. We, we, we just pray that the community of faith in Afghanistan will be bold as they continue to follow you. And Lord, we even are so bold to ask in your son's name that you'll create opportunities for new people to come to you uh, we pray for the lawmakers who right now are putting in harsh restrictions, putting in Sharia law with, that has punishments such as amputation and stoning and flogging. Lord, we ask that you'll be softening their hearts. You'll be turning their hearts for the gospel. Um, well, just imagine what an amazing miracle it would be if one of the leaders of the Taliban came to know you. Uh, we, we boldly pray. We know you can work amazing miracles. And so we pray that over the country of Afghanistan and over our persecuted brothers and sisters. Work miracles in the country. Lord, let your light shine and let, let our brothers and sisters be safe and stay strong in their faith as they seek to follow you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Oh, Murray, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've got Murray Noble from Open Doors with us uh, for another 25 minutes. If you want to call and ask a question about Afghanistan and the work of Open Doors, 
Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. And uh, Murray, uh, I'm just going to ask you to do a bit of homework for us over the news. Um, In the next half hour, would you be able to share the story of Pastor Jihad? Do you remember that story? Yes, I do. I'm pretty sure I've I've heard uh, uh, you share that before. It's one of my favourite stories of a... Uh, a guy, he used to be a sharpshooter, a, a terrorist who then came to Christ. Is that right? Uh, we better save that until I tell the story, shouldn't we? It's an amazing it's story. That, that, that's a big tease right there. It's an incredible story. Uh, we're we're going to talk about that. And, and that's one of my prayers for the Taliban, that they will have a conversion experience like uh, Saul to Paul on the road to Damascus. We need to believe that for the, for the, uh, the Taliban. Uh, mate, tell us a little bit about some of the things you've learnt about how to pray for persecuted believers around the world. Absolutely. It's great to be back after the news. Uh, I have learned that prayer is the, the most powerful tool. No, no exceptions. Prayer is the most powerful tool in strengthening our brothers and sisters throughout the world. And I've also learned that sometimes our actions can be God answering prayers in someone else. So I'll briefly share with you a story of a, a woman in India who during the COVID pandemic of, of last year, I mean, it's still going on this year, but it, it, it happened last year, she had no food left. The handouts that the government were giving hadn't been given to her because she was a Christian. And so she'd been discriminated against, persecuted, and she was considering giving her children to another family to look after them because she just couldn't provide for them. And as she was considering this, her daughter, I think her daughter was nine or 10 years old, said, Mum, let's, let's pray. Let's just sit down and pray. And they sat down and prayed. And the minute they finished praying, there was a knock at the door and it was one of our partners providing them with some food and some support. I mean, that's just incredible that that prayer, sometimes it's miracles. Sometimes it's just a practical answer to prayer. And I think that's, that's what I've learned is that prayer is part of the global body of Christ, both in action, but also in, in, in speaking to God and saying, how can I help? How can I support? And then going and doing it. Mm, wonderful. Well, it's such an important thing uh, to make sure that we're standing with our brothers and sisters around the world. And uh, I was talking a bit about the uh, the World Watch List a little bit earlier. Uh, and, mate, um, for those who don't understand uh, how that works, tell us the uh, the background and, and you know how how it all works. The World Watch List. Oh, absolutely. So the World Watch List has been around since 1993, and it's a great way for Christians and people around the world to understand where it's hardest for Christians to follow Jesus. And hardest can, can come from a variety of different uh, areas. In, in fact, we, we break it down to six different areas. Um, five of them are to do with living everyday life. So that could be the family life. It could be pressure from the government. Uh, it could be pressure from the community, that kind of thing. And then there's one segment that looks at just violence. How violent is the persecution? And all of those, each having about 17%, make up a number up to 100 uh, and that is how we get our ranking for our world watch list, ranked 1 to 50. And so North Korea has a score right up there near near about 96 out of 100 because there's just such high persecution. In fact, in every aspect of life, North Korea is maxed out except for that violent factor I talked about because there's just pressure all the time and there's no room to follow Christ at all. Afghanistan, by contrast, has very high violence, but a few other areas have slightly less. And when I say slightly less, it really is a minuscule difference, 0.5 of a percent difference between Afghanistan and North Korea. So we're talking minuscule difference of persecution. It's still incredibly difficult in both countries to follow Christ. But that's how our numbers sort themselves out. Do you think, and we can't predict this, of course, but do you think there's a possibility 
that Afghanistan could be number one next year? I, I mean, based on events that we've seen this year, that, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, and something that we have seen over the last four or five years in the World Watch List is countries dropping further down the ranks don't necessarily drop down because persecution has gotten better, but they drop down because other countries have gotten worse and have leapfrogged them. Mm-hmm. So we, we may see that this year. Uh, like you said, we won't know until it comes out on the 20th of January, but, but we'll keep our eye out. Now, mate, uh, a lot of people uh, I just love hearing the stories that Open Doors uh, share with us all over the world, you know. Um, of course, uh, Brother Andrew, the, the founder of Open Doors, uh, used to smuggle Bibles into China in his uh, V-dub. And, you know, a lot of people know that story and a lot of people know the, the history of, uh, of Open Doors. But uh, some of the recent stories that we've heard from Open Doors um, have changed my life, literally. One of them that really blew me away was uh, a pastor named Pastor Jihad. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but are you able to share that story with us? Yeah, I'd absolutely love to share that story. I think before we begin, something that's, that's interesting to note is that jihad actually means a struggle or a fight against the enemies of Islam. So to have a, have a Christian man who, who's happy to be known as Pastor Jihad, I think is an incredible testament to how the Lord changes people's hearts. Because Pastor Jihad actually grew up calling himself a Christian, but it was a very distorted faith. It was a faith that, that, didn't, that didn't belong or sit right. And he, in fact, called it brainwashing. Because when he was just eight years old, the war started in Syria and Lebanon, in, in the region of the Middle East. And at 15 years old, he was taken to a military camp and trained to use weapons. At 15 years old. Wow. And he was told, the Syrians are your enemy. That's, that's what he was told. Syrians are your enemy. Syrians are your enemy. Syrians are your enemy. Um, but through amazing miracles from God, his heart was changed, and, and he was shown that, in fact, the Syrians are just another people who are living in bondage to sin and need someone to liberate them. And so his church began to work with refugees. He, he, he stepped away from the teachings he'd been taught about Syrians and that, how that had been tied into the faith he'd been taught, and, and he's, he's set up a church that would work with Syrian refugees. I mean, I think that's incredible. Only God can transform hearts from I need to kill Syrians to I will provide for those Syrians who have nothing left and have no one else to turn to. Wow. And from that church, they've started, they started a school in the basin of their church and then community centers. And now there, there are about 700 children in their schools. They started with 130. So just incredible stories of God changing hearts from a 15-year-old boy with a gun in his hand to a pastor leading a church and leading schools of literally hundreds of people is just, just incredible. Wow, wow. And I'm just curious, uh, Murray, with your uh, experience with Open Doors, uh, are you able to let us know what kind of nations you visited uh, and seen on the field, uh, you know, persecuted believers? Absolutely. Well, the reality is uh, there are a couple of countries that I was all scheduled to go to in 2020, and about a month before we were scheduled to take off. Obviously, things changed considerably. Um, but before my time at Open Doors, I actually spent uh, a period of time traveling throughout Africa. Um, and we don't necessarily think of Africa as, as, a, as a region that has great sources of persecution necessarily. In fact, a lot of them have high Christian populations. Um, but, but one country uh, that I did travel through uh, was Kenya. Uh, and, and, and Kenya, though it, it does have great great Christian aspects. We do know that there, there are also violent, uh, violent attacks that happened. There was the airport bombing that happened, uh, violent 
airport attack that happened maybe 10 years ago now. Mm. Um, and I think it just allows you to an understanding of the situations that people are in. Because when we think about our church and our, our nice Sunday uh, in non-COVID times, driving to church, singing worship songs, maybe you've got an organ going or maybe you've, you've got the more uh, modern day musical instruments, but it, it, it's seen as a happy place uh, that is safe and there's no real concern. And that can be true in, in, in many countries as well and even in, in many communities. Um, but we're looking at countries, or when I was traveling around, seeing people in situations where they weren't the luxuries of every day and, and going to church might be a five-kilometer walk away and understanding that church was a sacrifice, not a privilege that they had. I think that, that has really shaped my heart for, for the persecuted church where it's a decision to follow Christ that isn't an easy one and yet they choose to do it anyway. I think that's really forced me to think about how I approach church when at the moment in lockdown, it's just a click of a button to sit on a screen for an hour. Why would I, why would I not do that when there are my brothers and sisters making many more sacrifices to, to attend church in, in many countries around the world? Mm, wow. Well, we are chatting with Murray Noble from Open Doors, and uh, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We've got Carol from New South Wales. How are you, Carol? Oh, I'm ecstatic, Matt. Good morning, Murray. I, uh, the gentleman three doors down died of COVID and I've known him 30 years, 66 years old Lebanese gentleman and um, I'm 71 next month and uh, I just uh, was dressed in black to go. They have the hearse go down the street. I live in a, like a cul-de-sac and uh, the young other Les. Lebanese young man who I've known since he was one. He's 24 and he pumps steel and he's got his big German shepherd on a leash and I've got my little cat on a leash ready to take it for a walk. And I said, hi, Anthony. I said, did you know Uncle Tony died? Who? What? And he freaked out. And so I was able to talk to him about Jesus and he bowed his head and said the sinner's prayer. Oh, wow. There you go. This morning. And uh, what I wanted to ask Murray, uh, I heard of Open Doors back in the 60s, and uh, Epping, I live in New South Wales, and Auburn's very much with Afghanistan people. I've ministered there a bit, and uh, so on. So, Murray, what have you found here in Australia with the Afghanistan takeover by the uh, those people have you heard of any persecutions here in uh your area or in in close vicinity here i haven't heard of any persecution uh within australia towards those communities uh in in fact my my closest uh, tie to those communities at the moment is that my brother-in-law has been working with the navy and been supporting uh repatriation of afghanistani refugees uh, and so i've actually from, from what i've heard and again my expertise is definitely not necessarily Australia, but more persecution in other countries. What I've heard is, is some, some real welcoming of, of those who have fled the country and have needed, needed support here in Australia. Mm. Right, thank you. Well, my prayers are, are with uh, you and um, every saint in every place in every country that preaches the word of God, whether they be one-on-one or, or whoever. And the Lord bless you for your work. Oh, and bless you for this morning. It sounds like you, you listen to God's urging and, and we now have another brother and that's just amazing. Yes, um, I work amongst the uh, Muslims in uh, Bankstown area. I have uh, been greatly persecuted here. 
spat on, attacked and everything. You don't hear about that. But I've, I've had death threats, but I've brought, I brought four. The Lord used me to bring four Muslim young ladies in scarves and uh, in a coffee shop about 10 years ago. So there you go, and constantly bringing people to the Lord in this area and working amongst the Muslims here one-to-one. Amazing, Carol, amazing. Carol, mm, thank you yes. so much for sharing your story with us and uh, really appreciate your encouragement today. God bless you. Bless you too, Matt. Bye-bye. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to call through. And we've got Dorothy from Wondai. How are you, Dorothy? Uh I am so happy what I'm hearing. I am, my, my spirit is just lifted up. And I just wanted to share a small testimony of prayer while I was praying. Um, and I'm praying for a- Afghanistan and the open doors. I mean, I've only really just started to tap into this over the last probably two years, more so in the last year and a half with open doors. And it's through, through uh, Vision Radio, all that you put out there and what we listen to and uh, the effect it has on those of us who are listening. So for me, in my prayer time, as I'm listening to what's happening in Afghanistan and the persecution there, but more so what has happened, what we've all just seen unfold, uh, unfold sorry, over these last months. So as I was praying... And I knew God has always called me to be a prayer warrior, but he's really been impressing more and more on my heart as I pray. And, you know, I was just praying really quite general, and that's not a really nice thing to say, but it was. It was just general. But in my prayer time and listening to what has been shared about the persecuted churches, not just Afghanistan, but the persecuted churches and the work that um, Open Doors was doing over the last year and a half that I've been listening and what's being um, shared through Vision Radio. So I'm sitting there and I began to pray and intercede for the persecuted churches and then Afghanistan came in, you know, and I was praying away there and then the Holy Spirit just showed me a vision, you know. I knew that, yes, it was, was okay what I was praying and God listens, but it wasn't specific to what was on the heart of God for the need for the persecuted people there in Afghanistan. And all of a sudden, he started to show me not to pray that they be taken out. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be taken out of danger or anything like that. What he was showing me was to pray for those who are staying, who want to stay because of the gospel and to share that. And then in that, he also started to show me as I was praying for them, those who were really being persecuted, that like Stephen, God showed me Stephen, the first martyr after um, after Jesus was taken. He showed me what was in the mind of Stephen as he was being persecuted, even as the stones were hitting him. And I can't imagine what they were feeling like. And he was showing me what it would feel like. And it wasn't pain because his eyes was fixed on the Lord. He saw the Lord. And, you know, that didn't stop the stones from hitting him or... But he kept his eyes focused, and the Holy Spirit was showing me to pray that, that they would see the Lord in their time of persecution, those who are standing there alongside their brothers, those who are trying to minister to their persecutors, even as they were being persecuted, that their eyes would be opened, that they would see Jesus, but that our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted, that the Holy Spirit would come upon them in power and might like Stephen. 
Wow. Like Stephen. And it just so lifted me in praying. And I felt like a warrior. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, wonderful. I felt like a, um, a hedge. Yeah. That I was just a hedge around them in prayer, not trying to save their life because they're saved in Christ anyway. It was it was just a revelation. Wonderful, and That's beautiful. it helped me. It yeah. has helped me when I pray for any of the persecuted churches around the world. But I want to thank Vision Radio for all the information that you put out there. I want to thank Open Doors for all the work you do and the information that we get, especially for. Uh, the prayer warriors out there who are listening, who are needing information specific, because there are times we are called to pray specifically, you know, and that can only be led by the Spirit. So I'm just sharing that testimony of how my prayer life is being absolutely directed by the Spirit of God. Yes, sometimes I start just generally, but it's being more sharpened, more alert. Amazing. Well, thank you, Dorothy. Thank you so much for your call. What a a blessing. Thank you so much for your call. Incredible. Bye-bye. Bless you guys. Bye. Well, we're almost out of time, Murray, but what an encouraging uh, phone call to wrap up on. Amazing. Cannot believe it. That's that's, that's the way to pray. I love it. Absolutely. Now, mate, we do have uh, a minute or so left. Why don't you uh, wrap up with another word of prayer for Afghanistan, huh? Absolutely. Let Let me do that for us. Uh, Lord, before we prayed for those who were attempting to flee, those who wanted to stay, and we prayed for the lawmakers. Lord, now we pray for the practical things in Afghanistan. We pray for the sick who just need support right now. With with the health system on the brink of collapse, uh, we, we, we just pray that you'll be supporting people who need it, propping up the healthcare system so those who are needy can access support. In the same way, we pray for those who are hungry, those who need food, uh, and the way in which Nearly 93% of the country hasn't got enough food to eat, Lord. We just pray you'll be providing food for those, providing food for Christians who can't access it. Uh, Just feed the hungry, Lord, as you talk about in your scriptures. And we finally pray for the flow of information in the country. Uh, We pray that citizens will have access to reliable information, that there won't be misinformation. Uh, We pray against the spread of lies. And we just pray that reporters and journalists will have the ability to tell the story as it is, tell it freely, uh, and that the truth will be made known to the world, Lord. Lord, we just pray your hand over Afghanistan, the people in there, particularly the Christian communities. Lord, let their eyes be fixed on God, be fixed on you, uh, even as they face persecution. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, Murray, it's been such a blessing to uh, spend some time with you on the radio today. And if people want to find out more, the website is opendoors.org.au and they can search up Open Doors on social media as well. Uh, and if people want to make a donation, there there is a crisis fund for Afghanistan, is there? There absolutely is. If you go to opendoors.org.au, it'll be on our homepage, or you can even go opendoors.org.au slash crisis, and you'll be able to see how we're going to be helping people who are in strife, like people from Afghanistan. Good on you, Murray. Thank you so much for your time, mate. God bless. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.